0: This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomena. Hi, this is Cliff Mass, and let's talk about the forecast. Well, if you like some sunshine and dry conditions, Today and tomorrow, Saturday, will be the best opportunities you will have in a long time. Uh, This morning, we have a few showers coming in on the coast, and mainly south of Seattle. I suspect it'll be mostly dry here in the central Puget Sound region, with temperatures only getting up into the mid-40s. So it'll be cool, but there will be sun today, so a pretty decent day. Now, Saturday is going to be the best day of the next week's maybe a 10% chance of showers, very small, but it'll be partly cloudy and temperatures getting up into the mid forties. But tomorrow is the day you want to rake up leaves, take a hike, do have a walk. Tomorrow's the day. Trust me. Then we get into a pattern in which we have one system after the other coming in. I mean, you know, several fronts, several low-pressure systems. So I think it's going to rain every day for the next week after, after we get through. Now, the first system comes in Saturday night. A, fr- a fairly potent front will approach Saturday night, Sunday morning, and it will be raining Saturday night, you know, very, very late, and, sun- and Sunday morning. And I think most of Sunday will have showers. Now, the interesting thing is we have relatively cool air over us, and as the f- front comes in Saturday night, late Saturday night, Sunday morning, you'll have precipitation falling into cool air. And I think it's possible that some of the higher elevations, I mean, places like Everett, maybe some places on the Kinsap Peninsula, could actually see a few snowflakes mixed in with the precipitation. So don't be uh, shocked to see a few snowflakes if you're above five or 600 feet. I think there's a significant chance of it. It's not going to accumulate. The ground is too warm and the air is going to be too warm, but you may see a few snowflakes. Uh, So we have showers on, on Sunday, Um, Monday, you know, I think there'll be some showers in the morning, but then it'll kind of open up. Uh, And then Tuesday, another major system, Thursday, another major system, next Saturday, another major system, one after the other. I think every day we'll see some showers. And temperatures getting up to the upper 40s. You know, maybe we'll edge as high as 50 on Thursday and and maybe Wednesday as well. So that's what's happening. I should point out one other issue is that the sun is coming back at night. It's very strange, but our earliest sunset is past us now. Uh, Earlier this week, the sunset was at 417. Today, it's 418. It'll be also 418 on Saturday, and then it'll slowly edge back 419, 420, etc. So it's a, an interesting aspect astronomically that the earliest sunset here in Seattle is somewhere mid-December. Early, you know, it's, 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 that second, it's that second week. And then actually start gaining sun at, at, in the afternoon. It's hard to notice. We're still losing it in the morning, so the shortest day is on the 21st, but we are starting the slow climb out. Well, I hope you enjoyed the forecast, and I also hope you enjoy my my segment on La Nina that's going to follow after the intermission. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. Today I'm going to do a deep dive on La Niña and what it implies for our winter. Now, many of you have seen descriptions of El Niño and La Niña in the media, so let's make sure we're all on the same page. Let's turn to the tropical Pacific. It's interesting that the waters of this tropical Pacific goes through an oscillation sometimes it's warmer than normal and sometimes it's cooler normal and that's what we're talking about when the waters are warmer than normal in the central and eastern tropical pacific we call it el nino on the other hand when the waters are cooler than normal we call it la nina and so we go through the cycle el nino Then we have what we call neutral years or La Nada years. And then we go to La Nina, back to neutral, then El Nino. And we go through this this cycle, this oscillation. It's given the fancy name, El Nino Southern Oscillation. And typically to go through the complete period takes three to seven years, something like that. So it's an interesting phenomenon. And it, it comes from an interaction between the atmosphere and the ocean. There's a feedback loop that creates this oscillation. And we've known it for over 100 years. So we've, this is something we've known about for a long time. But what we didn't understand until the 1980s, and some of the work was done here at the University of Washington, what we understood finally was that there was a direct connection between El Nino and La Nina and the weather in the mid latitudes. To understand this, you can think of the atmosphere as a big lake. Think of it as a big lake with water. And if you throw a rock into that lake, what happens is the rock goes in and you have waves that propagating away. Well, it turns out the atmosphere has a lot of waves as well. We have all kinds of waves in the atmosphere. If you look at the upper level maps, you can see ridges and troughs, waves are everywhere and in the tropics when you have warm water which is often there in the western and and central pacific that warm water is associated with thunderstorms big thunderstorms that go deep into the atmosphere and those tend to disrupt the flow you can think of them as gigantic rocks these big thunderstorms that are there in the tropics associated with warm water well as the water changes as the warm water shifts between el nino and la nina this big rock moves and that changes the waves in the atmosphere and so as we go from warmer than normal water in the central and eastern pacific to cooler normal the thunderstorm shift that causes changes in the waves that go into the mid latitudes and those waves affect where major weather features are they determine where there's ridges and troughs where there's precipitation or less precipitation they determine where the jet stream is so they have a significant effect on mid-latitude weather and that's where we are now what does each of these features el nino and la nina imply for the weather here in in the pacific northwest well interestingly enough during El Nino years, there tends to be a trough off in the, in the eastern Pacific, you know, south of the Aleutians. That tends to cause the jet stream to split with some of the jet stream going into Alaska and some of it going to Southern California. And those El Nino years, Southern California tends to be wet. We tend to be a little drier and warmer and they tend to get more precipitation up in Alaska. On the other hand, During La Niña years, and this is an this is a La Niña year, we tend to get this ridge that develops in the eastern Pacific. The jet stream either moves way north of us and then swings back from the Yukon into the Northwest, or may just come right in on us. But the jet stream tends not to go into Southern and Central California as much, and they tend to have dry years. Well, earlier this year we switched from El Nino to La Nina in the tropical Pacific. And right now we are in a moderate to moderate to strong La Nina. And all our models suggest that it will continue for the rest of the winter. So this is going to be a relatively strong La Nina winter. Now, the implications for us are clear. Uh, we tend, and I use the word tender emphatically, we tend to be, cooler than normal and wetter than normal during La Nina years. And, you know, that's something we've already seen happening. We've also, we've already been a little bit cooler and wetter than normal. And this signal really tends to hit after January 1st. So during these years, you know, we tend to, to have those conditions and that has implications for snow. Uh, During La Nina years, we Generally, have bountiful snow in the Cascades as this cool, moist flow comes in, and and in fact, we started well this year. We had an early snowpack, and I'm very optimistic for the rest of the year. So, snowpack is good. The other thing is, the lowlands—it's not guaranteed—often get some snow during La Niña years. We have the ridge that just moves up north over the eastern Pacific, then it swings down. And if we get a disturbance in the flow coming down from the north, that can produce the rare combination of coolness and wetness that gives us lowland snow. Now, this is not guaranteed, but we do tend to get the biggest lowland snow situations, particularly here in Seattle, during La Nina years and particularly moderate to strong La Nina years. I did a study of snowstorms over Puget, over Puget Sound. And one thing I found is during La Nina years, we typically get about 16 inches here in Seattle, but during uh, El Nino years, only about five. So there's a big difference. Now, it's not guaranteed. that We may not get any snowstorm, but these are the years, La Nina years, that we do tend to get the action. Now, La Nina years have other positive implications. Obviously, it's good for skiing. So, you know, that's it's great if you have a season pass or if you want to get up in the mountains. The other thing is it's very good for water resources because we get a bountiful snowpack. We have a great snowpack generally on La Nina years on April 1st as we approach the summer. And so there's plenty of water to melt. So, you know, our rivers will be full and there'll be plenty of water in our reservoirs. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed hearing about El Nino and La Nina, and uh, the character of this winter, I think, will tend towards the cool, wet, and snowy. But this is basically weighting the meteorological dice. There's no guarantee we could end up with a warm, dry winter. It is possible. It has happened. But the chances are we'll have just the opposite. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.